welcome back to the Uneasy Conversations in Jesus' Name podcast. My name is Pastor Dom, and I'm your host. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a minute. A uh, couple reasons, but not any reasons that are actually um, excusable, so I won't get into those. Uh, but we're here. That's all that's important. Um, and this conversation today, I guess, is, I don't know, for some people it might be uneasy, Um for me, it's easy. It's it's not anything that should ruffle any feathers. Well, actually, it might. But uh, but we're tackling the the new. I wouldn't really say new. Probably within hmm, last couple of years. Probably probably more. Honestly, I think I've heard it from since I became a Christian. It's been about ten years. Um, but the 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 lovely phrase of Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship, and. Uh, you hear that said a lot, thrown around uh, to pacify things or to try to make it sound like it's something a lot greater than it than it really is. But Christianity is a religion. It is also a relationship, but it's not one or the other. It's not just a relationship. It's it's far more than a relationship, and the relationship aspect of it is very important. Don't get me wrong, but. A lot of people who say that it's a relationship are actually in a pretty bad relationship with Jesus if we're going to say it and take it at, at a face value for for what the phrase actually means. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. So let's first tackle the it's not a religion part. And let's just do a normal Google search, a dictionary lookup of what the word religion means. What is the definition of religion? And that is a particular system of faith and worship. So if you're a Christian, you have faith in Christ, faith in eternity with Christ, faith that you know exactly what's going to happen to you after you die. And you also have the worship aspect of worshiping Christ, God, the Trinity, for everything that has come to be for your life, for the experiences in your life, for him just being God, you know? So we, he has our worship and we should give him that worship. But like I said, there's a lot of people that use that phrase, but they don't go to worship services. They don't go to worship nights. They don't listen to worship music. They don't read their Bible and worship God in a time of just sitting there and reading the word. But they claim that they have a relationship. They don't have a relationship or a religion, clearly, because they say they don't have a religion, which they do, and then they say they have a relationship, relationship which they don't work on. Um, and and using that kind of that kind of terminology and that uh, sentence or phrase or whatever really puts people in 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 murky waters because think about how. And, and some people use it, use this, this uh, phrase and, and they don't fit into this same category. But a lot of the times when you see the phrase used, it's by people that, like I said, don't attend worship services, don't attend church on a regular basis, aren't plugged in in a church, aren't connected to people within the church, aren't reading their Bible, aren't following a Christian life in the way that they should be because they claim and believe that they have this relationship and anything goes, you know, this whole fire insurance concept. Um but what the issue is with that is the relationship is poor. 
Uh, I've been married for five years in my relationship for 10. Um, and I can assure you that if I didn't text my wife for, well, all but once a week, didn't think about her, um, didn't spend any time with her, the relationship would suck. There would be nothing there. I wouldn't know her. She wouldn't know me. There would be no, no kind of actual honest relationship that we could say works or is working. And, and this, this phrase kind of blankets that. And, and well, it actually exposes that. Um, if you look into the lives of some people who say it, because a lot of the people that in, in my life, and this is kind of personal in my life, I've heard a lot of people say it. And then I look at their life and I'm like, uh, you don't have a relationship though, because you don't do anything that the Bible tells you to do. You don't, you don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You don't, you don't like listen to sermons. You don't, um, read commentaries, read backgrounds, grow in any, in any kind of way, have any kind of spiritual walk. That's a bad relationship. You know, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't call that a relationship with anybody. You wouldn't even call it a friendship. Um, because it's not, it's non-existent. If that was a real world, real life person that you hang out with or know in your life, you wouldn't call that a relationship. You'd say that is an acquaintance. You'd be like, that's a coworker. <laughs> to be honest, like you hang out with them only when you have to, not because you want to. So that's, that's where that phrase really loses ground. Um, because we start to not see God as Lord, as sovereign King, of all eternity, of everything that's ever been created and ever will be, we start to just see him as this being that just loves us so much and just is desperate for us and just wants to be your friend and just wants to hug you and cuddle you. And But he's so much more than that. But this is like a free pass to just be like, God just loves you so much. And then you have no, no control, no self-control, know nothing to hold you accountable because you you're just saying he's just a friend <laughs> so he he can't hold you accountable because he's just a friend he's just he's just you know on the side he's just in the passenger seat he's just in the co-pilot seat he's in the back seat for some people he's in the trunk you know Jesus is not here to be your friend or to, to just take the, take the side seat, you know, he's, he's there to take over. And, and a lot of people don't like to say that, don't want to say that, but that's the truth. And if we water it down to be this God that is just so like nothing but love, nothing but, but desperate wanting us. And we do away with the wrath. We do away with the judgment we do away with the honest aspects that make God, God, then he's not God anymore. And we lose sight of what Christianity means. And we can look at it biblically too. You know, we can go, we can go and look at first Timothy, uh, first Timothy three, 15 through, through 16. Um, and, and this is Paul's letter to Timothy. And, and, uh, it says, 
in case I am delayed, this is, this is Paul in case I am delayed to let you know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, because it is the church of the living God, the support and bulwark of the truth. And we all agree our religion contains amazing revelation. He was revealed in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among Gentiles, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Our religion contains amazing revelation. And then he lists everything about Jesus. So if you don't have a religion, you don't got that. You don't understand that. You don't believe that. And I, and I, and I understand like, like people want to say, I'm sick of religion and its laws. I'm sick of religion and its, and its rules and, and all this stuff. But that's not, that's not even the same thing as, as Christianity is. We still have laws. We still have rules. We're still told what to do. Jesus didn't just come and be like, ah, you do whatever you want to do. No, he came and he said to repent and believe. Then he also told us what the two greatest commandments were. And then he also told us that he didn't come to abolish the law. So we have religion in Jesus who's righted every wrong, who bled for us on the cross, who rose from the tomb, who set us free. It's not about, you know, having to slay animals and, and, and offer them up. It's not about having to wear certain things when we do things bad. It's not about having to do these different sacrifices and count these different things and, and, you know, set us, set ourselves apart when we do bad. It's, it's believing in Jesus believing in the two commandments that he set apart, the rest of the commandments that are part of the law that he told us to continue to believe, and then also to follow everything else that we see that Paul writes telling us to do. And then also that things that we see James write in the book of James. Because he even mentions the word religion as well. You know, and he and he talks about it very well in, in a... James 1, starting at 26. So he says, If someone thinks he is religious yet does not bridle his tongue and so deceives his heart, his religion is futile. And and he's he's listing things before that, actually. This whole passage right here is called Living Out the Message. I'll start at the top. Understand this, and this is verse 19. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. But be sure you live out the message and do not merely listen to it. And so deceive yourselves for if someone merely listens to the message and does not live it out, he's like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror for he gazes at himself and then goes out and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. And when he's saying to follow the message, listen to it and follow it, live it out. That's a set of rules. That is religion. That is good religion, though. That is good rules and good laws because we're listening to the law. We're following the law and we're living the law out. But the one who peers, this verse 25, but the one who peers into the perfect law of liberty and fixes his attention there and does not become a forgetful listener, but one who lives it out, he will be blessed in what he does. And if someone thinks he is religious yet does not bridle his tongue and so deceives his heart, his religion is futile. 
pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their adversity and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Pure and undefiled religion before God is keep oneself unstained by the world and then, you know, to, to care for orphans and, and widows in their adversity, but, the, but to keep oneself unstained by the world. And everything else before that, which he clearly says to follow the law, follow the message, follow what we've been reading from Genesis to up until James, what we've been reading from Matthew up until James, you know, through the gospels, through the letters to the, to the, to the different churches, to, to all of this, what we've been reading are laws and ways to live. But you hear it so often that people are like, I'm sick of religion. I'm sick of all the laws and religion. But that's because they just want to live freely. And that's the me, 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 and the I, I, I. Religion is not me-centered. Christianity, at least, is not me-centered. and shouldn't be me-centered. It's not about us. It's never to us. Even Jesus shows us this example. He is constantly pointing things back to the Father. Constantly. It's never about him. It's always about God. And he even says, the father is greater than I. So it's not about me. It's not about having to be constricted and following these rules. It's just about living a right, righteous life, living by the law. And I don't see, I don't see why we want to further this idea that religion is so bad. Because we start to try to act like we're not those kinds of Christians. But what does that even mean? Those kind of Christians are usually the ones that people call Pharisees um, and, and call hypocrites. But a lot of them are really just following what the Bible says. You know, you can't be one foot in, one foot out. You can't be lukewarm. You have to either be all in and believe that Jesus died for you, rose again, and fulfilled the law, set you free, he's the way, the truth, and life, or you don't believe it. It's not hard. It's not too hard of a concept. You know, it's, it's not, you, you can't just pick and choose and, and think that you can just decide what you want to believe and be like, religion is, is so bad. But then ask yourself why you think religion is bad. And mostly it's because you're not you're being told not to do the things that you want to do. Because I hear I hear a lot of people use this phrase and then you look at their life and it's that they're trying to get it, they're trying to take a little inch to get towards and justify their sin. Like, oh well. Drinking is not a sin, but being drunk is sin, a sin. So I can know if you know, and you're just trying, you're just trying to kind of inch your way further into it before you hit that, that, that point of no return, you're going to hit that point of no return because you have no self-control and, and drinking is just one of the things, you know, we, we always, we, we, we tend to label things as religion when it's something that we don't like or fully agree with. And there's some things in the Bible that 
I struggled with for a very long time as a new Christian. But it's not about me. I have to submit to the authority of Jesus. And that's what a lot of people don't don't do, don't want to do. And that's why they say that he's not Lord. He's just a friend. He's, it's just a relationship. But, but then we just get this tiny boxed in, unable to do anything, God. Now, that's not the God that you read about in the Bible. Far from it. But the, the best thing that, that we can do as Christians, I mean, if you've ever used that phrase, if you've heard that phrase, um, is to just reevaluate what we in our hearts believe about Christ and if it matches what the Bible says. And if it doesn't, and we believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God, then we have to change our lives to what the Bible says. You know, we, we, we can't just decide what we think is right. It's not up to us. We don't have that power. And thankfully we don't because <laughs> I, I wouldn't want it. But, but you know, I think that the, the biggest thing that that phrase gives people is leeway into doing whatever they want without any accountability and full self-righteous justification. So I just hope that if you are listening to this, if you've listened this far, you use the phrase that you reevaluate things, you know, you, you, you really think about it. Um, and like I said, I could, I could be going a little overboard on it. Um, but I, I don't think I am the, the way that I've seen people live their life and running into the gutter by, by hanging on so tight to this, to this phrase is, is apparent. And you see it in other people, like a, like a big name right now. I just watched a little, if you call it a sermon, it wasn't really a sermon, but Justin Bieber was like crying at a concert. And he was like, I hate religion. I hate religion so much, man. And then like immediately says a cuss word and then has songs about continuously like smoking weed and stuff like this. And people are like, oh, well, no, it's okay because, but it's not okay. And there's no because, you know, we constantly are molding ourselves to be more Christ-like, you know, as it says in, as it, as it says in Corinthians, like I was listening to the little kids singing uh, the other day, um, this is the kids town version. If anyone lives in Christ, the old is gone. The new has come. We don't stay. We don't stay as we are. You know, the, the t church cliche tagline, which is very good. It's come as you are, but we also need to tag on, but don't leave as you came or come out of this changed. The, 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 fruit that you bear as a changed born again Christian should be different than it was before you encountered Christ and it will be different 
if you believe in him and read his word and build that relationship, work on that relationship, work on following his law, which is religion, following his way of life. Because if we don't, then we lose sight of what it actually means to be a Christian, what it actually means to be set apart from the world. As James says, what it means to be unstained by the world. So that's all I got. Trying to make these episodes a little shorter um, and not kind of running in circles, but if you don't agree and you think that Christianity really is not a religion, um, then, you know, so be it. Um, but I just pray that you do work on the relationship as much as you claim that you have a relationship, a relationship that's never worked on is never going to grow, never going to flourish, and it's never going to be good. So I just pray you are impacted by true religion, by true belief in Christ, and by true salvation. So God, I just thank you for uh, the podcast. I thank you for where my life is going, where things are changing. Um, and I thank you for people who have listened uh, to the episodes, who listened to this episode, who got all the way through. And I just pray for those that don't have a right relationship with you or are not in right relationship with you, um, that they submit to your authority, to who you are um, as as Lord, King of Kings, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, that they understand that you are so much better than anything the world has to offer. And that in that relationship, that in that religion, following your message, following your life, following uh, the laws that have been put on our hearts, um, that they find peace in a better life. Lord, not that life is going to be good and it's not going to be hard or bad, but that they find a better life that's eternal, um, that's in you. Lord, I thank you again for everyone that's listened, everyone listening. Um, and that they just have a great week, a great day, whatever time they're listening to this podcast episode. Uh, Lord, so in your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>